Lego Masters postseason deep dive on my podcast, Talk Bricks Masters. Today, I was lucky enough to get to sit down with Carrie and Patrick to break down their time on the show, just like I break down all the Lego news weekly on my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks. As you know, these Lego Masters are out and about doing so many things, so we had a little bit of scheduling issues this week, so I had to record with each of them separately. And just like the Postal Service, whether there's rain, sleet, snow, or scheduling issues, I'm going to bring you the deep dives you need. So first up, you'll hear my talk with Carrie, and then after that, you'll hear my talk with Patrick, with a lot of great stuff in there. So with all that out of the way, here's my interview with Carrie. All right, I'm going to give like a little bit of an intro, and then I'll say like, and, and you know, here on the podcast, we've got Carrie, say hello to everyone, and you'll say a quick hello, and then we'll jump into it. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, perfect. Well, we're back again for more postseason deep dives. We, we just can't stop them. They're too much fun. So, you know, due to some scheduling, we have to do this one a little bit differently, but it's still going to be a ton of fun. So one of your favorite grandpappies from season three is here. Welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Say hello to everyone. Hello, uh, everyone. And thank you, Michael, for doing this. You're such an asset to the Lego community for doing these deep dives and being such an advocate for Lego builders everywhere. Uh, I have to say that when I first met you at Brick World Chicago, uh, it was definitely delightful. And oh. I'll let you know, I listened to every podcast that you had all the way on the drive back from uh, Chicago to Nashville. And uh, guys, girls, you need to listen to to this uh, <laughs> podcast. It's just really rich. And uh, so thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, uh, if, if only this was a video podcast, you'd see how much I was blushing. But uh, I, but thank you. That's high praise coming from you, Carrie. So uh, I feel so just grateful, um, obviously, to have met you back then, but then be able to talk to you now. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and really just can't wait to um, you know dive into everything with you. So, you know, the way we kick off these deep dives is we talk about how you got into Lego. So like sort of what is your Lego origin story, as I like to call it? And, you know, what sort of took it up that extra notch that would make it, you know, such a big part of your life that you'd want to go on a TV show about it? So so tell us how you got into it. Well, sure. Um, I kind of dabble in Lego a little bit. My son was re in, really into it. He built um, uh, a little concert stage with all these um uh, little mini figs and things like that. And of course I had that, you know, took it over after he kind of waned with it a little <laughs> bit and added some computer speakers and things like that to use it as a desktop uh, model. So that was like seven years ago or so. And then I recently, uh, probably three years ago, I went to a, uh, I'm an architectural photographer by trade. So I went to a uh, architectural photographer uh, uh, right at our conference out in Las Vegas. And heard this guy named Mike Kelly. He's a very accomplished uh, architectural photographer in Los Angeles. And he talked about everyone should have a creative outlet. It could be a different type of photography, but uh, just a different way to express your creativity. For Mike, he uh, photographs aviation. He was telling the story how one day he wanted to be out at the L.A. airport and photograph planes coming in and out. Well, that 10 minute session turned into eight hours and how he got sunburned, but he uh, <laughs> he now photographs planes coming in and out, uh, turned to a passion. He uh, You'll see probably some of his prints, they're the ones that have a hundred planes coming in and out of the sky. They're all photoshopped together. And um, he talked about, you know, with these prints and revenue stores, I could probably go six months without ever having to do photography. And it just dawned on me, well, November, December is a little slow. So maybe I'll just go back and maybe dabble into a little bit of Lego. 
So when I got home, I saw this postcard that had a 10th annual Lego contest at the local public library in Nashville. And, you know, being an architectural photographer, I noticed it was sponsored by a construction company. So to kind of take advantage of the situation, I told my wife, I need to enter this, but I need to win. <laughs> And so I built a little um, um, representative of Nashville with the time it had 40, 50 cranes in the sky and I call it Woosterville. So I entered it and won two first place um, shows and showings and some best of show, something like that. Best construction, first place adult. And that just really lit the fire. And then uh, just so (laughs) happened I was at Break the Universe in Nashville, and I met Jonathan Loeb, Rocco, and Paul uh, uh, Harrington, Heffington. Yeah. But um, they, I, I talked about, you know, my little passion, and they looked at my website and said, God, you need to do this. Just go for it. And uh, so the contest rolled around again, 11th annual, entered again, uh, different type of build, and came away with another three first place surprises. And pretty soon I was hitting all the yard sales, and <laughs> you know, and starting to build things and what have you. Um, so that's the kind of impetus for me getting started. And um, wow. so I've only been building for three years now. And so basically I'm a more of a mock type builder and um, but um, love it. Just absolutely love it. It's just such a source of creativity for me. That's amazing. And it's funny, like, you know, you mentioned like you're an architectural photographer. Someone else is an aviation photographer. It sort of reminds you of the Lego community, you know, where some people only build buildings. Some people only build planes, you know. So it's funny that in some ways the photography world almost feels like uh, people have specialties like they do in the Lego world, even when you're a mock builder. Oh, that's a good observation. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, uh, I think it's uh, it's funny when you can find those parallels. And clearly, uh, this has been a great, you know, creative outlet, but also you've got such a knack for it. You know, I think I, I'm a somewhat novice builder myself. You know, I've, I've obviously been building and collecting Lego sets forever, but I think I, you know, I, I'm not a much of a mock builder and I find it sometimes intimidating when you see the amazing stuff that we see that you're doing or that people do on the show. And it's cool to think that, you know, your first mock could win a contest, you know, so maybe, uh, the point is that it's never too late and, you know, and, and even, uh, as long as you just have fun with it and you, and you put your heart into it, like, like you said, you, you weren't going to do it unless you were going to win to some extent. So I sort of feel like if you're willing to give it a, a real go, maybe maybe I shouldn't be as worried about uh, no, you know, the it, I might come up with. <laughs> you know, the great thing is, Michael, uh, I go to these Lego conventions and these builders can certainly run around, run circles around any of us on the on these shows. Um just to, you know, and they're young guys, old guys. I mean, I think there's this older fellow named Jack. He builds these big naval warships that are six feet long. And then he tears them apart the following year to build something else, like a aircraft <laughs> carrier. So he was telling me, you know, he built this Japanese warship, but this, you know, the smallest scale for the Japanese flag was just one by two round red circle. Everything had to build from there. And that's why <laughs> these boats are six feet long. So it's amazing. And uh, he just loves it. And so it just shows, I think, being on a show, uh, uh, you know, my mantra, my uh, saying was, which they love, you know, they say, you're never too old to create. Yeah. So, 
you just just pick up a piece and you just never know what inspiration strikes you. Now I drive around the city, go anywhere, and everything looks like Lego to me. These <laughs> blue buildings or I'll see a tester dealership and I just see, I just have to sort through some parts and oh, here's a red and white. You know, I need to build a supercharger. Well, I might as well do that. I might as well build a couple cars. I might as well build a service center and I might as well <laughs> build it out and take it to a show. And that's uh, amazing. Yeah, so something like that, you know, just one little piece will jumpstart the creative process. And uh, I'm grateful that I have the flexibility to not be in a cubicle and to do these kind of um, projects at night and things like that. Of course, sleeping four hours a night, uh, you know, helps (laughs) a lot, too. So I can build something at midnight. Let's just because I can't sleep about, you know, until I build it. And then two hours later, I get done with it. Let's throw up on Facebook and I can go sleep now. (laughs) uh, So it's just that whole I think that's the thing about Lego Uh, or even Michael Lego. Or I I remember giving this talk to uh, some fifth and sixth graders during a little art show. And uh, I was telling their parents. Guys, let your kids just be creative, whether it be Lego, sticks and mud, or painting. You know, if you stifle that creativity, they're just going to grow up, and the only outlet for creativity is PowerPoint. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they don't want them to do that. I've done that for years. So, uh, well, that can be fun. Uh, it's it's PowerPoint. So, yes. Yeah, and, yeah, so. and I'm not sure PowerPoint Masters is as compelling of a show concept as Lego Masters is. So. Yeah. <laughs> it, it pays more, I think. So. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. And costs a lot less. Uh, but, right. uh, but you know, so we talked about how you got into Lego and, and I'm just in awe of how effortless it is, it sounds like for you. It's like, oh, I'll just build a car. Okay, I wish I could do that. But uh, so now you're super into Lego. How did you get involved with the show? Well, I uh, actually started a little, you know, of course, I'm a big Facebook guy and um one of the producers reached out to me for season two i said no that's very nice but i'm a bit of a rookie so i kind of you know uh passed it off and then uh meanwhile i was in this uh lego group tennessee valley uh lego users group and uh and season three promotion started coming around and i just kind of threw it out there because i was just getting bombarded with these ads you know, on Instagram, you know, if you think about it, all of a sudden you see all these ads that pop up in your feed. So I just kind of threw it out there. And um, is anyone trying out for Lego Masters? Just kind of fishing a little bit. And um, and then um, so one of our members, Patrick, called me and said, are you are you thinking about doing this? I said, sure. You know, I don't know. And he said, let me ask you one thing. Are you a grandfather? Oh, yeah, I got three of them. And um, and uh, fourth on the way, by the way. And um, he said, I'll call you right back. So apparently <laughs> uh, season three, they're looking to, to um, I guess, for better, for worse. I think there's some kind of, um, I don't know, uh, feelings about it. You know, do you focus more on personalities versus the builders and those kind of things? But they're looking for... I guess, stereotypes, you know, older folks, uh, in this particular case, grandfathers. And which has a nice, compelling story. You know, you're playing with your grandkids and that kind of thing. Certainly all my Lego will go to my grandkids. Um, and um, so you got to got to justify having all this Lego to begin with. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, if not, my wife will put it in, in the side of the yard for, you know, $100 takes all. So... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fair warning for anybody. 
but uh, um, so he, uh, so Patrick, um, we went through this audition process, which is pretty challenging. You know, I won't get into specifics, but it's a pretty long application process. You got your background check. You got, uh, you know, all these kind of hoops you have to jump through. And then you have to have some kind of, um, I think, you have to have, um, I think this probably knocks out a lot of people in terms of uh, a commitment of time as well. Sure. So you have to be self-employed or, you know, independently wealthy or <laughs> you know, live in your mama's basement or that kind of thing. Nothing wrong with that. But um, you do have to make a commitment of time other than, the, you know, the weeks um, that it takes to film. Well, talk to us a little bit in depth, you know, like, Obviously, you're you're you know cast on the show. You know, there's there's a lot you want to be ready for. You know, what did you do to prepare? Um, you know, kind of in your prep for the show. Well, I certainly watch all the. Um, it's kind of like a, being a football person, or you know, you're breaking down film, so to speak. So I watched certainly all <laughs> the episodes, uh, and then I discovered Australian show, which simply is amazing. Uh, less teams and uh, more focus on the build, so to speak. Yeah, and Brickman is just a, an incredible uh, mentor, I guess. And Hamish, you know, nothing taking nothing away from Will, but Hamish is just pretty incredibly funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so you get to see more of the bills and the techniques, that kind of thing. And uh, so I certainly watched everything like that, took a lot of studious notes. But then I went and prepared to, okay, what if there was a particular challenge, like the big thing or something they blow up, or you had to kind of be prepared to know. Uh, I, so I, for me, I wanted to build this concept of, you know, I was certainly impressed with the dragon that Zach and Wayne built. And yeah, being of course. Of Chinese descent, I, I ran into him and said, you know, I your dragon was a showstopper. <laughs> I made a commitment to never build a dragon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I love the parade float. I always thought, thought, okay, I need to do something with movement. So I kind of had this thing with, um, I was practicing at home to try to build these Chinese acrobats running, you know, riding these 10 bicycles, you know, and they're all stacked up on top of each other. Wow. And, um you know, so I kind of worked a little prototype on that. I love the Richard and um, and uh, Dave when they did the spinning um, New York Chicago pizza hot yeah. dog thing. I thought that was amazing. So I wanted to kind of do this. The world is awesome um, with the spinning globe and the doors are spinning. The world is awesome, and so I kind of prototyped all that. And then just yesterday, I was. Uh, I uh, opened a box and that was a box I took to Atlanta with me in the hotel room. I had all these spare parts and you know, <laughs> at night I was just trying to figure out this motor mechanism. And of course, you don't know what you're going to build until you just walk on the set. Um, and But I think that that's a challenge is to certainly be prepared. So that way you can kind of, okay, let's see, A plus B equals C. So if I do this, I can do this. You know, you have to be prepared for anything that they throw at you. And I yeah. think it helps to um, be involved in a little bit of pop culture, too. I don't know anything about Marvel or Jurassic <laughs> World, so it helps to have a little pop culture kind of thing as, as well. And then another thing is also, um, you know, I ran into some of the uh, season uh, things that uh, Mark and Steven you know, build big, um, you know, build big for um, television. And sometimes because of the glamour shots, you may only get one shot of the front 
in the side, but nobody looks at the back. The back yeah. is a total <laughs> mess. So don't worry about the back. You know, build, build for the TV, which is build big. And uh, I love building big. And I think um, it does take a lot of um, bricks to build big. But then you have to, you know, certainly te- technique parts. You have to know your technique. Not to, not to dissuade anybody, but I think the more you invest yourself into how you can do these things, kind of like muscle memory, you're 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 more focused on the creativity process versus just the, the technical process. Sure. I don't know how to stack this stuff or how to interlock. Well, you don't have to do that. Well, you can just focus more on creativity. So I, I see a lot of uh, certainly the builders on our season. I think of Greg and, and Brendan and um, the firefighters. Uh, Liam and Emily, you know, how they just use some amazing, uh, they just had that muscle memory. They knew how to build yeah. big. And, and I, we just marvel when we took breaks and looked at their stuff. And it's like, oh, my <laughs> God, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So uh, so I, I that's just more of encouragement. Focus on, you know, just build anything. But as long as you get that, get that muscle memory going, um, it's really more about creativity and how you can rise to the challenge and tell the story and use color blocking and to build <laughs> under a time limit as well. So yeah, just all yeah. those things. If you could just do all those, all those things. things, you'll be good. Um, yeah. But you know, like you said earlier, you know, if you have a passion for it, all that stuff's going to come natural to you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, you know, so, so you're, so you and Patrick, you're cast on the show, you're, yes. you fly out to Atlanta. It's that first episode, you know, so all you've got, you know, there's all this anticipation and you're finally there. You know, what was it like for you just to finally arrive on set, to walk in, to see Will, to see the brick pit? What was that like for you? Oh, it was just so, it was very surreal. I mean, it was just like, um, you know, we, we went to Atlanta and certainly you met everybody and, you know, you sort of broke bread together in a hotel lobby and breakfast and things like that. <laughs> but anyway, walking on the set, you finally get to, after hair and makeup and, you know, tolerating the, the goofy um, mohawk. I normally don't wear a mohawk anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> so after all that gel, you finally walk into the, the set. It is amazing. It's so amazing that you get a chance to do it three times you know oh that's yeah. perfect let's do it one more time you know, <laughs> that's so good let's do it one more time okay one more time from the back but yeah you get to you get to see and, and of course will is just such a real gentleman he's super funny um from canada definitely i uh, never heard anybody who enunciates as clearly and perfectly as he does so <laughs> um and of course the, the judges you know amy and jamie they were just super too and you know, there everybody's there to set you up for success. And I think that's the the great thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was it was um, you know it's a TV show, so you have to do multiple takes and things like that. Um, you know, your placement, the camera angles, quiet on a set, those kind of things. But then um, I do have to say one of the I have to point this out. Uh, we had our first challenge was uh, we're going to space. So yep. Will sets it up. We're building a uh, a spaceship that's based on your personality. Um, and you have, I think it's 12 hours or 15 hours to do it. And of course, the, the, the biggest question I always get at Lego shows and these kids that want to know or parents, is this 15 hours straight? No, no, <laughs> it's, it's six to nine o'clock at night straight. But, you know, yeah. you, you take breaks and, you know, here and make up a, a big chunk of that lunch come back for us, you know, the second 
part of the episode and, you know, and then you maybe finish up the next day. But um, yeah, so we, uh, the brick pit's pretty amazing. Um, it's kind of interesting though, um, that, um, you know, there's 5 million bricks, which is great. A lot of them are, are, are bricks. Uh, yeah. I think some of the challenges were, you know, you may have a little angle piece. You may have the right angle, but not the left angle piece. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> oh, hmm. And then, uh, or you may have some rounded corners on one side and then not rounded on the other side. So that's where you have to constantly pivot all the time and not panic. And I think that's where you, well, okay, uh, there's no rounded pieces. So maybe I can use these hinges that will kind of give an illusion of rounded pieces. And then again, you're on TV too. So that kind of minute detail, I think uh, minute detail doesn't really show off very well. Uh, <laughs> on the TV. So that's why you have to build large. So if you're yeah. building my new detail, it looks great on Lego show because you can stop and ponder and look at all the little detail. But if you're looking at something in passing, that's what it's like. Cause you have to go through 12 teams and, you know, they're not going to dwell, dwell on everyone. Yeah. And, um, you know, so detail while it's good, it's great for, for conventions, but for TV, build big, build yeah. big and bold. So that's that's a big yeah that's a big tip you know so yeah detail is is very time consuming it just doesn't really play well so you should spend instead of time on the on the details you probably spend more on the hinges and movement and those kind of things some of the internal structure for strength and stability yeah. so that's where you that's where it's different from building something for a Lego convention versus building something for Lego masters. So yeah. I hope that's clear, but, and uh, anyway, I hope I don't get a, we don't get a cease and desist for spilling all the beans here, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but, no. <laughs> but you know, this is a really fun build, you know, the space shuttle party. Uh, yes. you know, it, they, uh, you know, it was the opportunity to bring the party space wide with the hottest DJ, um, you know, the party never stops. And the fun part was that this build got animated. So it was yeah, which cool. Was great. Yeah. Cool. How do you feel about that? Oh, when they told us that it was going to be animated after we built it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's going to that's gonna be fun. So it certainly told the story very well. And animation, uh, I mean, it, it, it took a lot to animate. So, you know, that's why the behind the scenes is so fun, you know, <laughs> and it's just like a, a nice payoff. But speaking of that, you know, we uh, we got to dock it on the on the big space station. I think I'm not sure Nathan, somebody he could be the guy who builds all those big props, like the Lego Masters yeah, logo. Yeah. Nathan Sawaya, yeah. Yes, yes, thank you. And uh you got this massive thing that's hanging. Um, we're trying to dock our space um station on this thing, and I have to say. This is a very defining moment for me, Michael, was when that spaceship <laughs> kept rocking back and forth because we had to pin it on there, slide it on there, and then lock it down with a two-by-six plate. And, of course, it's a very tight um, thing. And, uh, of course, you got the clock, tapping down, 30 seconds, and so on and so forth. And uh, a couple pieces have fallen off. Well, Greg, from Greg and Brandon, he ran over and held it, held the spaceship, said, guys, I got this. And he, which to me, I, that was the moment where I knew that being on Lego Masters was not a competition. It was <laughs> just a group of teams that everybody wanted everybody to do so well. Yeah. I think that was a camaraderie that, uh, that just really, 
bless me. I think there's only I can say that, that, you know, that just showed not only his character, but how everybody was pulling for each other. So when anyone was sent home, oh, it's devastating. It was devastating. And that was uh, because we just wanted to all hang out. You know, we always thought that, you know, you know, how much fun could this be? You know, we just, you know, we all go home in episode 12, you know, (laughs) and, um, but no, we, we certainly enjoyed each other's company and, I think if anything, when we come to these shows and see guys like you and you get to, you're kind of like the common denominator among all of us is the fact that, <laughs> you know, we can um, interact with each other. It's kind of like homecoming. I yeah. think uh, Brick World Chicago, I think there's going to be like 49, 44 of us from season one, two, and three. And I think maybe some Australian folks as well. Um which is pretty amazing, pretty amazing. And you get to talk to all of them, Michael. So I think that's I the cool thing about, about what you do. I know. I'm like, I feel blessed. And and I always joke that like, I feel like I'm one of the contestants because I get, I get to talk to all of you all. But but it's more like um, you're all my best friend, but I'm not your best friend, you know, because, you know, you're, you're each other's best friend. But, you know, but but I'm just like the guy who thinks he's part of it. But uh, oh, no, you are but... part of it. So <laughs> and, and the great thing is we we all talk uh, pretty much every day on either Aww. Facebook or Instagram or um, Telegram or WhatsApp, those kind of things. And uh, so I think the friendships are pretty cool. Um, you know, we recognize each other. Yeah. And, oh, you're so-and-so. And then uh, we just, so I've got to make, you know, friends from season one and two and even some Australian folks as well. That's so, awesome. You know, I had three years. I mean, who would ever thunk it? You know, this whole community, uh, you know, there's a saying that, you know, go where you celebrate it, not tolerate it. I think the Lego <laughs> community is like that. Yeah. <laughs> We're all celebrate. We all celebrate each other. Again, it's my earlier point that, you know, you walk around the convention floor. There's so many builders there that can literally just run circles around you. So to be on Lego Masters, it's just more than being on Lego Masters. The fact that we have this platform to be ambassadors, to encourage yeah. you know, the little kids. You know, they, they come up, they're 10 years old and. You know, oh, okay. So you're gonna be on season 22 or something like that. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I, I'll, I'll be podcasting for a long time if that's the case. But you're right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's a really amazing group, and to feel the love from you know even Brendan getting a little bit of help here in episode one, you know, yeah. is pretty exciting. And Amy gave you some fun feedback. I have in my notes. She said, "Don't let these dapper bow ties fool anyone. You came to play." Um. So yeah. So I feel like it was a really strong start for the two of you and a lot of fun coming from the two of you with this build. And then we move on, of course, to the, you know, the famed Jurassic Brick World episode. And, you know, and this seemed like a little bit of chaos. There was one of my favorite, like, Will, uh, sorry, I should say Chris Pratt quotes from the trailers they kept saying was like, Blue, stay away from those grandpappies. Um, So what was it like for you just in the chaos of this episode? Well, we were so focused on, on doing that. And again, it was so detailed. Um, I think we had a little bit less time and then there was a lot of um, uh, stop and start. And certainly yeah. you'd seen this uh, blue. Uh, again, it, it pays to know your Jurassic pop movie, movie, <laughs> you know, stuff too. I, I did see only um, one, um, the first movie, but I confess I only seen one Star Wars as well. So. But I did oh, watch it. Catch that, up, you know. <laughs> uh, you know so, <laughs> so uh, Kill Bill and thrillers or detective things are more my style comedy gotcha. as well. But anyway, um, 
the um yeah somebody told me well that's the actual animatronic that he used in these movies and certainly breed like one had a natural movements and things like that you know is there a guy inside this thing is it all remote control but it was pretty amazing but i was so focused on the build i remember it did sneak up on me one time and just really pretty terrifying you know <laughs> and uh so um but yeah it, it was great it was uh it was a lot of fun the um certainly dealing with that whole i think the expectations i certainly for episode two you had a you had a movie promo you had uh you had explosives you had to build big um a lot of details and that's where you're kind of under better competitive stress and you look across the room and look at that thing that Ian and Emily are building are you kidding yeah. me I mean that was you know and then Greg and Brendan had that big uh dinosaur the sculpting skills on those guys are just amazing yeah. um so you just look at you look across the room and you feel a little bit intimidated because they're big and they're beautiful and look at this talent that it's in this room and you know wow what a privilege to be standing here with these these folks so yeah. um you know and um but that was an episode i think we call it uh the after hindsight the cloud of confusion because our builders <laughs> <laughs> our bill was so small that when he had all that uh gunpowder trails and smoke in there you couldn't see our build what was uh, going up around it you know uh, i remember john and uh, xavier were constantly testing their their um yeah the car to go you know the dedication you know i think they probably did six seven takes on that just to make sure it was perfect because you only get one shot at it you know and then the thing was you know it was all remote control you had to hit that switch at the right time an explosion which is set off by somebody in the back um so just that whole coordination dance thing yeah. just shows you the dedication to their skill sets that they they had and so that was just one example of what everybody was was how they faced the challenge was using their particular explosives and things like that so that that was a really a fun piece as well but yeah well um, yeah, you know with all that smoke we had you know you just couldn't see it and especially from that far away you know building small uh you just can't see any detail so yeah, Boys and girls, big, no big. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, you had the gunpowder trails, which I think was yes. maybe one of the most compelling, you know, visually of all the different explosion types, just because like you said, that smoke and how it would spread. Did you get did you get to see what the effect might look like before you, um, you know, before you got to do your build? No, we didn't. Um, I think maybe they I, I don't remember, Michael. But I do remember, I think, with uh, some of the imaginary things, the automatic responses, oh, okay, telephone wires. I think yeah, we all yeah. kind of, <laughs> I think we're all kind of gravitated to telephone wires or electrical lines and things like that. And that's a good question. I think I would like to think about what would I have done differently? And this is one of the things in, in prior, going back to prior to being on Lego Masters, my wife was really into it. And we would watch the shows, certainly Australian ones, because we've not seen them before. And so when they announced the challenge, um, Stop right there, take a notebook out, okay, and sketch out what would you do. Yeah. I think that really adds the creative aspect of, of that. So that's a, you know, I welcome feedback from your listeners. What would you do uh if you had gunpowder trails besides electrical lines? Yeah. Uh, I think that's what else could you do? <laughs> um, 
So I think that's the thing. Ask, ask the audience. Yeah. Well, yeah, d- definitely hit, hit us up on social media to let us know what you came up with. But, you know, this was a fun one, you know, overall, just to get to see it, you know, in that sort of way. And, right. you know, like you said, you had power lines, everyone had power lines, um, which was funny. There was a there was one funny moment. I like what you said. Um, you know, I think even you were getting lost in sort of the story. You know, um, Patrick says, you know, the power plant overheated and blew up. And you said, oh, I, I thought I had something. I thought the dinosaur had something to do with it. And Patrick's like, no, he had nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh, so, no, that's that's that was the <laughs> the dinosaur was supposed to create chaos and things like that. Uh, yeah. I do remember that show. Uh, you know, of course, they, they tell you the rules before the clock starts. So certainly couldn't be any blood, gore and things like that. And dinosaurs couldn't be domesticated, which kind of broke my heart because I wanted to, you know, have a dinosaur rock band, you know, uh-huh. playing guitars and things like that. And the amps were smoking and things like that. When he said the dinosaurs could be domesticated. Hmm. So um, that's where, but uh, one of the things that um, you know, Will is really funny. He's very quick with it. He came over, guys, uh, tell us about your build, Peaceful Valley. And he said, Kerry, what do you like about, you know, being, you know, in the Smokies? Because it's kind of based off of being in the Great Smoky Mountains. Well, well, I like, you know, I think going out to the Great Smokies is a good chance to relax. You have your fun, food, and fellowship. And you take the, you know, we had to do a tie-in with the grandkids. You take your grandkids out and just enjoy the great outdoors. And, uh, you know, you get to see nature's finest. And we'll just look such as, well, you know, they have the rivers and the mountains. And um, I was just stumped. I I tried to say, and they have uh, polar bears. I was trying to say black bears. (laughs) Oh, polar bears. Hey, newsflash, you're polar bears in the Great Smokies. So (laughs) (laughs) so he's he's very quick with it. But uh, you're you're trying to, you're not intimidated, but you're trying to relate to him. But, you know, he can kind of see that, you know, he's got you for something. Yeah. And just (laughs) you're trying to think, what is it that they have? And so when I said polar bears, you know, it's, he just he just jumped on it really. So yeah. thankfully, that didn't make the cut. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> well, you know, th- this was you know obviously it was tough. You know, in this round, you were in the bottom two, yes. and you know, as we enter into the third episode, you know, what did you do or you and Patrick do to try to keep your spirits up going into the third episode? Well, it didn't. It didn't. Um, uh, we were just having too much fun, but you know, it, it certainly wasn't a damper. I think the way the maybe the TV thing um, played out is just like, oh, we were kind of worried and things like that. We got to step up our game and things like that. Yep. So they had this uh, crazy challenge where the um, we had to build this uh, bucking bronco kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> and I think it kind of stumped everybody. Okay, I know you can go. It's like a variation on shake tower i think yeah. and i do remember the muscle memory because i did build you know it's funny that that morning we're riding in on the van to the to the show the, on for that episode somehow i just had a thing about what could they build they're not a parade yet you know they'll probably do a shake thing and i just remember um caleb and uh was building this uh the tire thing yeah shock the, absorbers exactly. and it was you combine it with technic so, uh, you know, I immediately built that and, you know, tested it. It was pretty good, um, you know, because it was the only way I could think of that had the torque that could, you know, because it's going backwards and frontwards and side to side. But then again, that was on the flat surface, not on sure. an up and down kind of thing. <laughs> 
So uh, it held up pretty well. We, you know, certainly had um, had it. Um, if, if anything, we probably would. Uh, if you go back and listen to something like what Greg and Brendan would do, their their strategy was they sit and actually dissect and they kind of do that creative brief and do the technical yeah. piece on paper, things like that, which we didn't do. Um, we would uh, we would have known that maybe it was just way too tall versus the center of gravity, those kind of physics. Thing. Sure. So uh, I was lousy in physics, physics at school. So uh, you have to pay attention to science and physics. Uh, yeah. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> 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 It'll pay off one day. But exactly. um, yeah, so it, we basically built it too tall. And, um, you know, but I wanted to, uh, Patrick wanted to do this uh, space cowboy or spaced out cowboy. And certainly um, the, uh, well, if we're going to do a space cowboy, then, you know, I have to do something that pays homage to Nashville. Yeah. So just trying to do the, you know, Nashville Porter Wagner um thing and then um you know we had rules the extremities had to be at least i think six inches if any one of them fell off you're disqualified that kind of thing yeah so that was a lot of attachment a lot of technique and then uh, going back to the uh the rounded pieces um it didn't have any rounded pieces so everything looked like a very blocky and so you know in hindsight it looked like a big wedding cake you know just stack 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 you know you're just stacking bricks at that point, you know, I think it had to be 36 inches, but, you know, if we could have taken the, the tip of the toes and made the legs a lot longer to the top of the head. But, you know, it just had too much mass. By the time mm-hmm. you torque that thing, uh, you can see the shows that uh, certainly the, the back to Liam and Emily, you know, the jackalope, you know, using the, the light airs, you know, for the height. But very low center of gravity. Yeah. Um, you know, we even looked at Brendan Gregg's thing that had such a great technical build, had all these ball joints and strings tying it down and flexibility, had tires in there and stuff like that. And of course, when that torque hit it, you know, the next step snapped right off. So it was a lot of force and things like that. But yeah. hey, we're just grateful to be there. And uh, again, um, um, you know, yeah, it was a, it was kind of a fun build. Um yeah. I know Amy liked the little tassels and the fringe that was flopping back and forth. So I think, you know, hopefully paid a little honor to Nashville, you know, to some of the cowboy uh, Porter Wagner type suits and things like that. You said on the show, uh, got to represent Nashville. And I just have a, I don't, I don't even remember if this is the full quote, but I have in my notes that you said, get that manure flung in your face. Yes. <laughs> is, is there some context there that, that we don't know? Well, yeah, I went to my first bull ride and, um, uh, event when I was a uh, young adult, and of course, you know, you got to sit front row. And when those bulls come flying out, and that manure <laughs> hits you in the face, <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's a cowboy thing, you know. Yeah, I go to the bull riding thing and see these cowboys, you know, jerk their back and and have manure flung in your face. I don't remember saying that, but uh, yeah, that was that was a moment. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it made, that one made the cut, Carrie. Um, and I'm, oh, I guess okay. I'm glad it did. Um, yeah. And maybe maybe next time they do a bull riding challenge, they can make it more authentic with the manure getting flung in your face. Yeah, um, I'll take those little one by <laughs> one by ones, uh, little uh, doggy pool things, and just put those on there. But you know, the torque was uh, you know, it's funny, it was on our base plate, and we uh we take it up there. I just remember it's being heavy, but you had to secure it. I'm not sure, I think it was eight pins on each side, but um to lock it in to this base plate on on the bull, but all 
any of those technic pins broke. So uh-huh. that was the only connection point you had once you set it in and then you secured the points. You know, um, we only had eight. I think it was eight total or eight. It's either eight or 16. So you can kind of put them anywhere you wanted to. But I remember looking at it later that, yeah, all the pins broke. So that <laughs> shows you how much torque it has. Sure. So you, yeah, but I think if it's just if it wasn't so top heavy, I think it would have probably survived. But um, you know, but then again, it was a lot of fun. Um, um, you know, the experience was great. I wouldn't trade it for anything else. And yeah, it was like that. If anything, it jumpstart uh, everything else. So I was just proud to you know be on the show with Patrick, and we just and certainly as I mentioned before, uh, the camaraderie with all the contestants it was just yeah. wonderful. It was just that was that was the best thing about the show. Well, and you really spoke to it on the show. Um, you know, obviously, sadly, you know, this was another bottom two for the two of you. And it was the time that you went home. Sure. Um, and, you know, and you and you have a couple quotes that I have written down here where you said, I come away as a winner because look at these folks behind me. I will cherish this forever. My heart is full. Friendships, time with Patrick, doing something that we love. This is an experience I'll never forget. And, you know, so now that you know, you said that on the day, but you've watched the whole thing back. And, you, and to your point, you've gotten to like get to mingle even more in the community. You know, what are you taking away from this experience? You know, now looking back on the whole thing. Um, well, about the episode. So uh, we don't talk about that at our house. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. sorry for bringing it up no. here. Yeah, you, you just triggered me, uh, Michael. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, it's a great experience because, you know, leading up to you had a you know, keep everything secret. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, so where are you going, Carrie? You know, well, I got a big photo shoot in Atlanta. So I'll probably be gone several weeks. You <laughs> had to tell your clients, you know, oh, I'm going to be busy. You won't be able to, you know, you worry about your lack of revenue and things like that. And then you're going to be gone. You, you can only tell your immediate family and things like that. And so, um, but yeah, coming back and still keeping a secret, which was, I think the whole thing was supposed to air in May. Yeah. And then Fox got this great boost to push it to the fall, which is greater viewers. And so that's why you had this kind of um, jumbo thing with the Jurassic yep. uh, World thing and turned into a premiere, a little taste of the, you know. So we still had to keep it a secret, you know, this whole time. So what, almost a year, it seems like. Wow. And then, um, the um, so how's your photo shoot go in Atlanta? Oh, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you come back and uh, you just have to kind of keep everything on the hush hush. But for me, it just lit the fire again. So I came back, um, I started really getting into the Lego thing, uh, buying some sets and learn about uh, the pre, you know, the parts usage and you know, techniques and things like that. Um, actually end up doing some commissions. Um, still do. So Amazing. I kind of spent my time between photography and large scale commissions. And, um, you know, and certainly, um, I think it, maybe I just re- want to refocus. I, I love to be a traveling artist for one of these Lego conventions. Um, you know, to the guys that started all off, you know, Rocco and Jonathan and Paul, you know, to be in their league, you know, that kind of thing. But I think anything, it was just a way to, um, 
um, you know, not only fuel that creativity, you're never too old to create, but um, to do something you love to do and uh, to bring joy in a lot of people's lives. Uh, I remember that we talked about it when we were in Chicago. You know, of course, the premiere just aired walking through the convention floor and, you know, and I heard his voice. Look, mom, there's that guy from Lego Masters with the dinosaurs. So I turned around <laughs> and the mom said, oh, he'd love to get a picture of you. That's OK. I said, sure. And then it turned out I was a little five-year-old kid. And uh, which was like, I knew that moment that, you know, we're doing it for a whole nother generation of uh, future Lego masters. And uh, so that's something I really relish. Uh, the neighborhood uh, really took it to heart. You know, all the kids want to come by and see the house and your Lego studio and stuff like that. So we ended up um, renting the clubhouse, took 15 of my bills down there, just had a, a good day of it, evening, and the whole neighborhood thing together. Um, one of my clients um, threw a watch party for us in his uh, penthouse, tallest building in Nashville. So that was really super. Meanwhile, the neighborhood through a watch party and even had food trucks come out. Oh, you know, wow. when I wasn't there. So it's just a way to, <laughs> you know, it's just a big celebration. Everybody celebrates you. And in turn, you have to celebrate anybody else that that wants to pursue this uh, Lego thing. Where are you on the show? Just keep building, you know, express that creativity. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're not doing Lego, you're doing PowerPoint. So <laughs> let's get busy. So yeah. I, I think if anything, uh, the show is really giving me impetus to be that source of encouragement to a lot of folks. That, uh, and I'm glad I have this platform with you, being with you, Michael, that I can just share that that enthusiasm that, you know, hey, uh, any chance I get is just say, you know, to be encouragement to anybody listening. Just let me know, you know, follow me on Instagram or on Facebook and, you know, I'll reach out to you. I'll, I'll be happy to talk to you. Uh, you know, I even have moms and, you know, hey, my kid's birthday's coming up. Can you sign something for us? Happy Aww. to, you know, <laughs> and things like that. So it's uh, it, it's it's a great it's, it's such a unique experience. I'm just glad to experience it. Yeah. And and so what's next? You know, like, you know, obviously it sounds like you're still doing commissions, but, you know, what's next for you in the Lego community? I want to just probably just hit the convention circuit. I know that'd be a brick universe. I really love those shows because those artists are there. Uh, certainly brick world, Chicago, yep. I think that's a mother load. And then from <laughs> there, I don't know. I don't know, but I, I imagine that's kind of like my lot in life. I can't see taking on something else. Um, you know, I was a woodworker and a painter and things like that. So I don't think I'll give up Lego. I mean, we built a brand new house to accommodate a Lego room. <laughs> you know, so it's already too small. So, um, but the um, that's a good question. I, I think of anything just to help mentor um, some, you know, uh, give some tips and tricks. You know, maybe I, I see some of our fellow contestants like Corey, I think tacos, you know, they're STEM teachers. Yeah. And uh, I think that's wonderful. So uh, I don't see myself in uh, maybe going into assisted living homes. To, uh, I don't think I would have the patience to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, I think uh, I, I like to, I had a couple out uh, inquiries about maybe doing a little museum gallery piece uh, at a local college. And I think, you know, that could be nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a nice kind of thing where, you know, you got the little plexiglass boxes you can put your builds in and things like that. 
Um, good question. That's a really good question. Um, you need to ask everybody that. Uh, yeah, we do. We do. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, listen, sounds like the sky's the limit a little bit uh, for yes. you. Uh, you know, so that's exciting. And you mentioned, you know, being on Facebook, on Instagram. If people want to keep in touch with you, as I imagine they will after this uh, podcast, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Facebook, Kiri Wu, K-E-R-Y, Wu, W-O-O, or on Instagram is Wooster Griggs, W-O-O-S-T-E-R, Briggs. Wooster is kind of like my nickname, as, you know, as Wonder Dog, so Wooster <laughs> Briggs. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm trying to uh, um, post all my Lego builds. Uh, again, uh, somebody sent me a picture of a Starry Night Van Gogh and had a a waffle house painted in front of it and then it's like oh my god you know so i just built a big waffle house and uh <laughs> so you can see my waffle house build on um on instagram so it just shows you that this mind just is just restless you know yeah like somebody <laughs> feed you a little bit of visual information um it, it doesn't exist until i build it it's like i know that there's an eiffel tower but until i actually go see it and photograph it it doesn't exist. So, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe I'll build a world on Lego or I think these 3D mosaics uh, by Embricks is pretty cool. I think I see these little cities that are like micro build, but it's an entire city. I see Rocco is maybe he takes like five signature buildings out of Chicago, puts them together, you know, um, those kind of things. Um, I've got like eight projects I want to build right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, the whole world inspires you. It definitely yeah, but I, I'm like. sort of stop and start, you know, I, I can't. I want to build a six foot building, but then, okay, I got the height, but then how do I figure out turning this corner and do you have to be literal or can you just make an interpretation that building? So I think that's where I struggle with is just, you know, being a, a perfectionist of Lego. It doesn't give you every little, you know, it's not like concrete, yeah. you know, it's preform things. So <clears throat> um, this, this building would never stand up to, to code. <laughs> speaking of um, speaking of, I met one of my heroes at Brickwell Chicago, uh, Daryl Bevins. You you guys, uh, readers may know, uh, listeners may know Bevins Bricks, and uh, he's a he's a big uh, perfectionist. He built these. He's the one that built that six foot tall Avengers Tower. But I, I kid him all the time because his builds are code compliant. Because if you buy these mocks from Lego. Not only are kind of expensive, but <clears throat> they have no running water, no heat, no electricity, no lights, no plumbing, no AC, no bathroom, you know, <laughs> but all, all his builds are have all those things. So um, anyway, so that's why I don't build I don't build uh, mocks from uh, buildings, modulars from Lego, because yeah. they're not code compliant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's never ending fun, it seems like for you, which is always what we love to hear. But I just want to say, you know, that sort of brings us to the end of our podcast. But I just want to say thank you, Carrie. I mean, listen, thank, thank you for you. being so generous with your time. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm glad that, you know, you could accommodate my schedule and things like that. I'm sure Patrick will have a ton of fun stories to share as well. Yeah, well, we, um, we can't wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll love to talk to you about Star Wars for sure. But yeah. uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but don't tell uh, that that scene but one movie. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you. Uh, we'll definitely see you in Chicago uh, at uh, Brick World, and uh, I think it's June. 
June with uh, yeah. 40, 50 other Lego contestants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're you're gonna be busy, but uh <laughs> yeah, you're my best friend. So oh, just so excited. Um, obviously to get to talk to you here, to, to be able to talk to you then. And just thanks again for everything. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I love your enthusiasm, I love your passion, and again, thank you for doing this great service to uh, spreading the gospel of Lego. So guys like <laughs> you just make it fun. So thank you so much. Ah, thank you. As you can tell, sitting down with Carrie is always a lot of fun, and he's just such a sweet guy. But with this being a special two-part episode, the fun doesn't stop here, so next up is my interview with Patrick. Well, the fun times still have to keep going, and so we're back here for another part of this great interview. Here we've got, from Season 3, the other half of the Grandpappies. Welcome, Patrick, to the podcast. Say hello to everyone. Hey, what y'all doing, everybody? (laughs) <laughs> well, we're talking to you. That's what we're doing. Um, oh. And we're so grateful that you're here. Uh, you know, one of the things that we do when we do these podcasts is we talk a little bit about how you got into Lego. So I'd love to hear sort of how did this all come about uh, your big fandom of Lego? You know, it's an audio only podcast, but if you could only see the site of Patrick's room here, you'd be in awe of all the exciting things he has all over his walls and on shelves. So how did this all kick off for you? How did you get into Lego and become a super fan? Uh, short version of it. Of course, my <laughs> youngest son, I raised as a single parent. He's 40 now, by the way. And wow. then my daughter's sons, grandsons, all the Legos I bought for my son, they would come here and visit on our way down to Disney, and they would play with all the Lego. And then Lego disappeared for a long time. And in November, late November of 2017, there was another Disney trip scheduled, and my daughter came with my first great-grandchild, Addison, my great-granddaughter. She came up and knocked on my door. Hey, great-granddaddy. So we're down at Disney. We're having a good time. We're in Disney Springs. She looks over in the Lego store and she sees the sculpture of Buzz Lightyear. Oh my God, there's Buzz Lightyear. I said, come on, let's get a picture. And while I was taking her picture and she was modeling, just so cute, one of the (laughs) staff members came up and photobombed me with BBA. And I didn't know it moved. I just thought it was a static thing. I mean, the little head's doing it shooting sure. the thing up. And I'd already determined to give myself BB-8 for Christmas that year. And that's the beginning of my Lego journey. Uh, I have been uh, Lego crazy on steroids since then. <laughs> I like to say that uh, early in 2023, I'm reasonably certain that I have become a Lego brick millionaire. That means I have over a million <laughs> Lego pieces involved in sets, many figures, and all these boxes that's in this room loaded with stuff, uh, including that 125,000 plus that uh, I'm putting in the Mustafar right now. Oh my gosh. Well, so that's, that's so exciting. <laughs> and uh, the BB-8 set is a great one. I have that one, so I love it. Um, so I can understand why it was cool enough to get you back into the hobby. Um, but, you know, what made you want to go on Lego Masters? You know, were, was it just because you'd watched the show before? You know, what, what made you want to be on TV? First time I saw Lego Masters. I'm looking at that like that's out of my reach. Second season <laughs> comes by. No, I just don't think I'm there. Uh, I got together an Instagram page. And third season casting comes up. It was it was a little over a year ago. Thank you, Andy Sloan TV, for that. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm getting emails every day about I have a message on Instagram. I'm just ignoring that stuff. About the eighth day in, I said, please let me look at this message so I'll quit getting these emails. So I'm busy <laughs> building and playing. And lo and behold, it's Andy Sloan. We want you on season three of Lego Masters. And that's how it happened. He reached out to me, and I started talking to him about I have a potential for a couple of partners. And one guy's name was 
uh, his his last name in German means dark, and uh, his last name's German. It means dark in English, and we were going to be the dark side duo. And then all of a sudden, Andy and I said, "Well, Patrick, we want a team of granddads on the show this time." Yeah. The very same day, Carrie over in Nashville, Tennessee, put on our Discord, our our Discord channel. Hey, is anybody going to try out for season three this year? And I sent him a private message and said, call me now about season three. He called me on the <laughs> phone. He said, what's up? I said, are you a granddad? He said, yes. I said, Carrie, we're going to be on season three of Lego Master. And he, just, he doubted it every step. Of, oh, no, we got to qualify. I said, look, we're a team of granddads. How many granddads do you think they're going to find that want to come do that? And so I felt like we were kind of a ringer. But yes, we had to go through all the qualifications, too. But I wasn't nervous about it. I was pretty darn confident that we were going to make it. And we did. And, uh, you know, the old guys don't hang out very long, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did make it on the show. And obviously, we're really glad that you did. And, you know, but when you found out that you were going to be on the show, was there anything special that you did to prepare for the show, um, just to get into game ready shape uh, for the show? You know, doing the best I could. I, I looked into uh, Lego techniques that were out of my comfort zone. As a matter of fact, I went and bought two or three sets. It's, I don't know, about seven hundred fifty dollars, just so I could learn something in a technique and learn that technique. But I never even finished putting the sets together because I'm a Star Wars guy and <laughs> made time for. Carrie and I to uh, meet over in Nashville and and try to build together. Uh, he actually came over here one time. It, it it was just a whole process of, of overwhelming excitement about oh my goodness what am I going to do what am I going to do. The last <laughs> thing the last thing I thought would be a good idea to do and it turns out I was right about this is to look at all the other Lego Master shows and copy anything that they did. My opinion is Lego Masters don't want to see that. They want to see something new, something original, something fresh from Patrick and Carrie. They don't want to see what you borrowed from somewhere else. And uh, so it, it was uh, a bit of a struggle <laughs> uh, when we got flown down to Atlanta and taken over to the place we stayed in. And we were sequestered for all that time we were. It, everybody, when Carrie and I walked in at different times, they just jumped up and screamed, the grandpappies are here. Y'all made it. Yay. And uh, we <laughs> We get a lot of that uh, from folks, even after the show is over with. It seems like, as a matter of fact, uh, Tim, a buddy of mine who has a YouTube channel that is putting on a Lego show this year, shared with me that through a survey he was privy to, the grandpappies are fan favorites. So I'm gonna, I don't know if that's official or not, but I, yeah, pat on the back there. <laughs> Well, you're definitely one of our favorites. So, um, like, uh, like we said, so glad you were able to make it onto the show. Like, and it sounds like you were, you know, did a lot to prepare, but nothing really prepares you for walking on set that first day. So talk to me what it was like just to, to walk on set, to see Will, to go through this first challenge, you know, after all that anticipation. That, that was probably the next most exciting thing. But when we finally got there, of course, we go over and we do wardrobe and we do makeup and you had to wait till all 24 of us are ready. March over to the studio. We get prompted about what's going to happen. We're mic'd. The door's open and we walk in with a lot of exuberance and excitement. And I'm just going, please don't stumble, old man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, but it, it was a lot of, that was, it's amazing. And you know, I don't know if anybody shared this with you or not, but we got to do it more than once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The director said, that was great. Let's do it again. <laughs> back out we go. <laughs> we, we come back in, the doors open, 
We go and do it. And there's Will standing there and we're all excited. And the director says, that was perfect. I just want to get one more take. (laughs) (laughs) So I get that. In editing it down, sometimes they could segue moments from one walk-in to another walk-in. I know that's technical stuff, but it was just, it was amazing when Amy and Jamie came in. It was fantastic. The first two challenges, we got table number one, luck of the draw, closest to the brick pit. Okay, closest to all the celebs. And it was a, it was quite something. I did, I did forget one thing. At my age, a lot of old guys go fishing, right? I grew up fishing with my grandparents. And I decided, no, I'm not going to fish when I get older, sit in a rocking chair, I'm going to play Lego. So that was... <laughs> Some more motivation. For sure. Well, uh, so, you know, we're here in the first challenge. This is the um, the space theme challenge. And yours was the space shuttle party. And we got to know a li- little bit about you here in this first episode, which is that you were a DJ. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's just because, uh, you know, you're such a sweet, you know, grandpappy on the show. But I feel like this came as a big surprise to us at home that you have this, you know, alter ego DJ um, that's parting it up every night. So, um, you know, talk to me about about that and, and sort of why you wanted to make sure that you could showcase that in this challenge. Uh- First of all, the challenge was uh, do something that's personal to the two of you. Carrie, your photographer, uh, me as a DJ, and we sat down and we schemed it. And I said, uh, how about let's do a space party shuttle? I'll put a DJ in there. I'll be the DJ, dance floor, lights, everything. And then, and I said, we'll both build this together, design it. And uh, if you want to be the commander, uh, because you've got the, that good sight, that good vision, being a photographer, uh you could make the command module that goes on top of it anyway. That's what we decided on, and that 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 was the purpose for doing that. It was a lot of was a lot of fun. I couldn't get uh, I couldn't get Will to do the space worm. I told uh, <laughs> told everybody that that one of my guys on here is even doing the space worm, and I did this action. If you remember seeing my hand, <laughs> Will didn't do it. He looked at me and he said, "Well, show us, Patrick." And I did this. I said, "It's your turn. I'm going to get out on the floor and try to do a worm." Not at my age, but. <laughs> Maybe back in the day. That that's what goes on. We built and we built and we built. And then there was one nugget. We're getting everything. We're coming close. A little bit less than an hour left. And I'm watching what Carrie's doing. And I said, Carrie, that command module that you're building that goes up on top of it is a little bit big. We need to take a break for a minute and fit that on here and make sure it's not going to fall off. And probably the third time I told him that, he said, Okay, I'm ready to put it on there. He put it on there. Plot 45 minutes left. Okay. Wow. I said, Gary, you're going to be able to get no, no pressure. Anyway, he got it done. And I tried to stay busy adding little nuances, colorful things uh, to what was going on. And, and we did, we had a good story and there were a lot of good bills that day. Sadly to say, uh, this was the only season of Lego masters where a team got sent home on the first week. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm going, yeah, we got it made. Anybody gonna get sent home today? But and somebody did, and it was sad that 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 because they were a nice young brother and sister team, just as pleasant as they could be. And uh, so we lived to build another day after that one. Yes, you did. Um, and this is a really fun build. You know, uh, you had the great dance floor and all those uh, fun details that you added, and you also got this animated. So was it cool, sort of, in watching the episode back, seeing? you know, the extra treatment they gave to your build. We felt kind of spoiled on that because they, even though several builds that got animated throughout the season, ours was the only one that got animated on episode one. So uh, I think that Lego Masters was very kind to the grandpappies. Uh, if you went through episodes one and two and all the previews of things that were shown, 
we got a lot of airtime. Uh, so we we kind of like that. Oh, guys got uh, spoiled somewhat. <laughs> well, um, you know, you you to your point, you were in lots of the ads that we saw throughout the season, and one of the big ones that we saw you in was when Blue the Dinosaur in episode two, Jurassic World, came to get you, and we saw you in the brick pit, you know, with the bricks being thrown everywhere because you were scared by the dinosaur. So we, you have to walk us through that moment and what it was like uh, being terrorized on set by a dinosaur. <laughs> well, it almost got eaten alive. I mean, you can just imagine the terror. And it was like, it was like this. Ah! Yep. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was pretty much it. I don't know what else to do, uh, but it, that, it, was, it was pretty, having that uh, blue on on set like that was absolutely amazing. There was so many other things that happened uh, with Blue, and I'll tell you about one in a minute. But that it was a little bit scary, a little bit. And you know, I I didn't pick the bricks up. They they just went where they went, and so the other <laughs> team that does that. I, I made a match, y'all help. <laughs> but we we got back to what was going on, and uh, it was just fun. But I, yeah. I I'll explain this to you. We're building right away, and we're building a big diorama. Okay, we misunderstood when the instruction was to build big, meaning big. We built a big diorama, so it was pretty much low and a sweeping. Peaceful Valley was the name of it, and it it represented well. Uh, but I'm on the back side of the table where usually both builders stand. Carrie's out here on the outside of the table working on something. And I see Will and Blue coming up behind him <laughs> from about the middle of the floor. And I went, Carrie, he didn't stop what he was doing. I went, Carrie, he did not stop what he was doing. I said, Carrie. And then all of a sudden, Blue let out the yell. And when you saw him jump, okay, that, that, was, that was scary. He told me, man, that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> it was, he, he wasn't playing, man. He jumped up over. I wonder, was his heart rate okay? Um, so, yeah, we both got scared pretty good by Blue. Yeah. Well, it seemed pretty fun on set. Uh, you know, as if the challenge itself wasn't wacky enough, they have to give you an, another beast to contend with, if you will, besides the clock. And, you know, this one was a really fun one. Um, you know, obviously, there was a lot going on in this uh, build. You know, the story was so involved. I, I think I think you could have written a whole movie about what was going to happen in this peaceful valley. Um, <laughs> so, so talk to me about, especially, um, you know, in the telling of this story, I, there was a funny moment in the show where, you know, sort of like you're going on and on and on. What was that like uh, on set, you know, for when you were telling the whole story of the Peaceful Valley. I, I tend, as you may see, I tend to be rather talkative and I, taking it to heart that Amy <laughs> said she loved my storytelling. I was prepared to really do a good storytelling with with all this great big wide diorama and Peaceful Valley because there were so many different things going on and I wanted to tell them all and I should have used a little brevity, but I did not and went on and on and on and Will finally stops and, and says, Patrick, you do realize this is only an hour-long show. <laughs> so in the show, when it, when they actually showed the show, uh, it didn't, a lot of my storytelling was edited out. A whole lot of it was edited out. I mean, they didn't have time to put that into the show. And also, they did a very good editing job of a facial expression that, that Will gave me right before he said, Patrick, you do know this is an hour-long show. They caught that, <laughs> they caught that facial expression. And they made it look like he made that same expression three times 
before he said, Patrick, you do know this is an hour long show. <laughs> um, well, it was a very fun story. And obviously, to your point, there were so many details in this build. Was there a certain detail or part of the story that we didn't get to see that you were particularly proud of? Well, uh, I don't know. Amy noticed that I had a I had a nice little mountain with the waterfall coming out of it and uh, the foliage and everything that was around there with eggs, dinosaur eggs hatching and the stampede that was happening was coming forward and the dinosaurs were, were all out in the water. But I was rather proud of my little small micro mountain thing that I built. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, the nuances that I added to the power plant that Carrie stacked up some burps and made the power plant. And I said, yep. Carrie, you don't mind if I do something else with your power plant right there. It's not looking very electric to me. I want to make it more powerful. He said, no, please go ahead. So I got busy with, with, uh, accessorizing what he did with, with those pieces. And we, we worked well together on that. And I wanted him to do something. I wanted him to put a weather vane on the barn. And he went to put the weather vane on the barn and the barn fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> he got it back together. It was it was no problem. But it was uh, our our definition of big was a wide open, peaceful valley. Well, funny thing about that, though, when Will came over and talked to us about that, he, he spoke with Carrie first. And that if Carrie told you about this, then you know it. But if you didn't, I'm going to let you know. And, and Will, Will said, well, Carrie, tell me about Peaceful Valley. He said, well, you know, Patrick and I are both from Tennessee. And in East Tennessee is the Smoky Mountains. And that's what the scene is, is a Peaceful Valley in the Smoky Mountains. We have family. We visit there all the time. He said, the Smoky Mountains are really great. They have beautiful scenery and polar bears. <laughs> Will looked at him and said, there's polar bears in the Smoky Mountains. Yep. <laughs> I can't believe he didn't put that on the show, but it was, it, uh, did Gary tell you about that? Yes, he did. He did. Oh, but it's, it, okay. but it's funny to hear it from your perspective too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just was just stumped. Uh, I did get Will one time when he said to me, Patrick, you're a DJ. And I said, yeah, since age 20, I played with vinyl. Kind of like this, wiki, 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 wiki. I said, but now at my age, I'm retired and I play with plastic. And it goes like this. Ricky, 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 Ricky. <laughs> yes, we, we actually saw that in, in the edit for the first episode. So yeah, that... but he didn't. He had no comeback on that. Yeah. And, it, 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 and he's supposed to have a comeback. He been double laughing. Yeah, I, I was waiting for him to nail me, but he, I guess he let me off the hook. I'm sorry, I should have said that earlier. No, no. Oh my gosh, you're totally fine. Um, yeah, it's uh, I can only imagine what it's like being on set with Will. You know, it's like uh. You know, I've seen him in a million things. I loved Arrested Development and everything like that. So I can only imagine like getting to hang out with him. I feel like would be a dream for me. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is absolutely awesome. Uh, everything that happened while we were there on the show was amazing. It's very exciting. Now uh, I'm kind of walking around like it's no big deal, but I need to quit doing that because people, when I meet them, and oh, you were on the, you're on the Grandpappy's on Lego Masters, and I try to get myself in character. Uh, <laughs> Since it's over with and it's been so long. Well, you know, so in this one, obviously, it, it, there was, uh, you know, like you mentioned, I think there was a lot going on. Unfortunately, it lands you in the bottom two on this episode. And, you know, but there's another challenge, you know, coming up next, episode three, the bull riding challenge. Was there anything that you said to yourself to sort of keep your your spirits up, to keep your positive energy going into the next challenge? Well, uh, it's kind of like... Whew. Can't be bottom two this time. That won't be yeah. good. And then they they spring the brick and rodeo on us. And they show me this bull. And of course, when the bulls first came out, I was DJing in dance clubs. 
And some of the dance clubs wanted to put that bull in there. And they wanted the DJ to ride it. And I never could ride that thing. And I'm going, how in the world can we ever build something that's going to stay on there? You know, I just hope, <laughs> I hope whatever we build rides it the longest. And uh, we, uh, we made some errors. Uh, I, I have a, a hearing loss. And I mentioned that to Carrie. And I said, Carrie, please listen to everything they say, because we were way back at table five on that build. And they're way up front. And the speakers weren't good. And it's even with hearing aids and you lose understanding what it is. And I heard something about 30 inches. And, and Carrie said, yeah, it's got to be 30 inches tall. I said, you mean from the saddle up, they want us to build something 30 inches tall? That, nobody's going to ride the bull very long. And, and he said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's on the show. He shows him with a tape measure measuring 30 inches tall. He said, it's got to be this high. And I said, okay. I said, what do you want to build? He said, well, Patrick, he said, I don't know if you got any ideas. And we talked about it. And I said, well, it's a bull ride. So uh, the spaced out space cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh of course, after the fact, my my ton, son told me we should have built Pitbull, uh, you know, nationwide, Mister Nationwide, three hundred five, <laughs> Mister Worldwide, yeah, yeah Mister Worldwide, uh, <laughs> and uh, I can't ever keep up with all that stuff. But we didn't, and only thing I could think of was spaced out space cowboy. If you saw the mask, the movie, the mask, yeah, and, and so the mask was sitting there, and he's and he's watching uh, the gal sing, and his his eyeballs go out on stems, yeah, you know, and his tongue rolls out of his mouth. <laughs> So I decided that that I would make eyeballs come out on stems real close to each other like that. And they were sticking out about six inches. They did not come apart, I might add. They were still there when we hit the floor. <laughs> uh, and it just, you know, I guess maybe overall uh, the bill didn't make sense. We, we, we made a big mess. We had a lot of fun doing it. It was <laughs> episode one and episode two had no tension whatsoever other than in episode one, the, the issue with the command module falling off. And uh, there was nothing I could do about that because I didn't design it. I didn't build it. I could stand there and say, you need me to get you some bricks and be an assistant at that point. So, But the, the countdown clock did not bother me at all, except on episode three, because we were doing everything in the world we could. We looked around and we noticed everyone else's bills had legs hanging off the saddle. We had a We had a model of a saddle that we could put our build on and you know, and it was like this high and then 30 inches was way up here. And and I'm going, well, I can't build it. Let's build it here and put it up there. And so we made some little bitty short legs with some chaps on it, put those things together real quick. And I had this big, tall deal of no cowboy hat because the thing was, I don't know, the the, the it was about almost 20 by 20, big around. Mm hmm that big. And it was solid. It was built solid because I didn't want the thing to fall off. I wanted it to be solid. And had had a, a, a six by six column coming up the center of it and a, and a hollow around it and hollow in the head. And I don't know if it showed that on me doing it, holding the head like this, pulling it down, locking it in really tight. Uh, and that's what was going on. And then we had to, I mean, I just, I was a little bit sprung when it was time to tell the story. I gave a real short version. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to get scolded again. And then Carrie comes up and rescues me. And he said, and now here's the part Here's the place where Patrick tells you part two of the story. <laughs> I went on and told the story and got it done and we got put on the bull. Okay, there's a special technic base that you built on and a yep. special technic base on the saddle. I put 24 push pins in it, six on each side. That plate was not going to come loose. That wasn't going to come loose. Sure. Sadly, when we got to a little over four, the whole thing, like the leaning tower of pizza, 
plopped over on the floor. <laughs> there was no scatter. There was no screaming and excitement because of the way stuff smashed. There was just plop. <laughs> and if you go back and you watch the episode, Carrie threw his hands up in the air and you notice me, I'm turning my back. <laughs> I was going, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I know why that happened. And, and I'll just leave it at that. I wish it had not, but I know. I know why it fell off, and it did, and and that was that. And I was kind of uh, insightful in a positive way. I said, well, Carrie, we've had a pretty good time here, but I think today we're going to be going home. And then somebody else came along, and they had a bill that was maybe nicer looking than ours, but they only rode the bull to two, and their whole stuff just flew apart. And yeah. I said, hey, <laughs> Yay, we're saved. We may be bottom two, but and then Brickmaster Amy broke my heart. Oh, <laughs> our our deal was our deal was the, the, what I understood was you're going to get judged on how long you ride the bull, and that's what everybody heard, even people that watched the show. But when Brickmaster Amy got up there talking about it, she says you're also going to be judged not only on how long you stay on the bull, but by the aesthetic value of your bill. And I said, well, I don't like the way that sounds, but. It <laughs> so I guess maybe the pig that only stayed on for the half the amount of time that that we were on uh, was prettier than our spaced out space cowboy. And it was time for the old guys to go. And I, it was quite an experience. You know, I, uh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Uh-huh. I would absolutely do it again in a heartbeat. I, with Carrie as a partner in a heartbeat, uh, because I think it was a uh, an amazing learning learning experience for the both of us. And Will, I'll talk about Will for a minute and how great that guy is. Do it. <laughs> so it takes two days to shoot an episode. You're wearing the same clothes on the second day. This is what it really impressed me about Will, other than how witty and friendly he is. He would walk in on set and you would not even realize it was another day. He was so synced in to where he was supposed to start so there was a continuation of the day before. It was amazing. I mean, it was just absolutely, I'm saying this guy is good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he is not missing a beat. And there would be a time where he would get on his deal and say, stop. And he'd do something over, but not at the beginning. At the beginning, he just picked it right up like it was. That's one accolade I want to give him about his talent and his skill in doing what he does. I was just way impressed. I'm going, wow. But then the, the heartfelt thing is this right here. Uh, Carrie and I were leaving, and somehow or another, uh, Will must have excused himself from the from the group for a moment, because we know he went back in, and he came out and gave us a very heartfelt goodbye and how much he enjoyed having us on the show, and that he really, really hated to see the grandpappies go. And I get it. I told him, thank you. That's that. But we didn't get to go, because you get to do interviews the next day. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I could think of to say, and they actually showed it on one commercial, was, well, now I get to go home and play Lego with my grandson. Yeah, you said, right now I get to go home and play Lego with my grandson, who I've dearly missed. My parting words is gratitude. I'm grateful to be here, is what you said. So That's it. Thank you for reminding me for all that stuff. I need to, yeah. I need to get that script. Is there any way you could just go ahead and send me a printed copy? <laughs> I wish they sent me a printed copy. I literally like, I'm like a court stenographer. I'm like typing everything furiously oh, wow. as I'm watching the show. 
Well, then you got some awesomeness going on besides just your demeanor on the on your show here. That big <laughs> smile all the time. <laughs> well, thank you. I it takes me like you know the show is about an hour long or forty four minutes without commercials or whatever, and I'm watching it for like two hours because because it, it takes me so long because I'm pausing every three seconds to write down all the great things you all say. But I mean that was really a, you know some great parting words. You know to your point, like it was a it sounds like it was a great experience that you learned a lot. You know. Now that you've watched the whole thing back, now that you've gotten to go home, play, play more Lego with your grandson, you know, what are you taking away from this whole experience? I want to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It it is something that, uh, well, I like to say it like this. When Carrie and I did a show together, we had a thing that we said during our Zoom, first Zoom interview. He go, I'm Carrie and I'm Patrick. We're the grandpappies and we love Lego. So we were doing Brick, Brick Fest Live over in Nashville. And the two of us sitting there, and I said, Carrie, I've got us a new one. You go, I'm Carrie. I go, I'm Patrick. We're the grandpappies. And then point at them and say, and we will always be your grandpappies. So that's, wow. our, that's our closing statement. I use that quite a lot. Uh, he's I do, not even looking particularly well to go out in public. I walked in Walmart one morning and was getting my basket to go buy me some groceries. And I heard a, a, a young kid, redheaded, freckle-faced little boy about nine years old, just squeal and his mom says were you on lego masters and i said yes i was my team was a grandpappy she said oh we were so sad when you got sent home and little kid just he was uh-huh. just he was so excited uh i didn't have any stickers with me i didn't have any picture to give one nothing i did have one lady uh that's a photographer that i've worked with before uh, as a wedding DJ in my latter years of an active DJ work, uh, she would. We did a few weddings together, and she had a daughter named Ava, going to be nine years old. And there's a bricks for kids place here in town, and that's where she was having her birthday party to play Lego. She didn't want to invite any guys at all, only girls and mom and dad and my sister. And I had a trip scheduled to Disney and Jamie had reached out to me and said, can you, how much will it cost me to get you to come out and make an appearance at my daughter's ninth birthday party? It's on December 3rd. I canceled my Disney trip. I've been to Disney plenty of times. Okay. This this was something I said, it's not going to cost one dime, not one cent. And so I, I walk in and... Jamie's way in the back of the room and she walks forward and she taps her daughter on the shoulder and said, hey, somebody just walked in the door. Who do you think that is? That little girl came running up to me with big smiles, excuse me if I get emotional, and uh-huh. waterfalls from both eyes. She was so happy. And 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 Jamie told me that uh, you, you are our favorite team. She absolutely loves you. When I told her that I used to work with you and you were a wedding DJ, she's just, wow, mom. You got to work with him. (laughs) But it was her birthday. So if you don't mind me sharing this with you, I kind of uh, use another medley, uh, another melody, and I make up a song for kids' birthdays. Hey, Ava, it's your birthday. I wonder what you're going to do. Make wishes (laughs) and blow out candles and build with lots of Lego, too. You're my brand new Lego buddy. And that's a fact. May all your dreams come true. Hope you have a happy birthday. The best ever happy birthday to you. And that was a, the song I sang it. And I do that for some kids, depending on how old they are. And sometimes I use the melody to when you wish upon a star, makes uh-huh. no difference how old you are. I know about fields a little bit. <laughs> I can, I can <laughs> yeah. deliver fields. 
But it, I stayed out there probably for about 30 minutes longer because I didn't want to interfere with the guy's business. And there was a lot of pictures taken. Uh, had some photos of Kerry and I that he had his name on that, that autographed and gave everybody, most everybody that was there one. But it was it's quite the experience. I haven't been asked for another personal appearance like that just yet. But finally, 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 permissions were given for uh, me to have my TV interview with WBIR. <laughs> it was great. And I asked her to bring my grandson along. And he was as much a part of the interview as I was. Oh, and, that's so great. Yeah. Well, it's 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 great to see how you give back, you know, to to these kids that, you know, are such fans of the show. And, you know, um, if, once people find out on this podcast that you'll go to birthdays for free, you know, you, you may have a long line of people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but speaking of, you know, kind of all the things that you've done since the show, you know, what's next for you on your Lego journey? You know, what are you what are you hoping to do next? Okay, well. I do uh, lots of Lego shows. I, I don't know if you know about my Mustafar build or not, but I'll share this with you. Uh, a couple of years ago, Beyond the Brick did a bit on me up at uh, at uh, Brick Fair outside Washington, D.C. And it's the first time I took my completed giant Mustafar build. It sits on a platform that is 60 inches by 90 inches, and it rises about 50 inches high from the floor. And it has its own story. And if you know with me in storytelling, <laughs> this is a new adventure in Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm rebuilding that. I, I won a few awards with it like it was. That's fine. But with Brick Fair, you can only win one Bricky with a build. You have to build something different. So I, I'm, I reimagine Mustafar. I have enough bricks to build it the way that I would really like to build it. And then it's, it's got a whole different story. Of course, it's I'm a Sith Eternal Commandant in charge of uh, droid manufacturer, dark trooper droid manufacturer on Mustafar. That's that's my part. And I welcome everybody and I make it up as I go along, which <laughs> I'm fortunate enough to do it with. But that's been keeping me busy trying to trying to get that built. And Brick Convention, which is uh, one of the brothers uh, of the family that operated Brick Universe for years, and Brick Universe is still around, but uh, he invited me to be one of his uh speciality guys and and i've got i'm going to get like a 30 by 30 foot area and have a table for autographing a table for i built a little micro mustafar uh it's a little small thing built on a six by eight black plate and there's a sith eternal officer and i found some heads at the lego store they're yellow of course and they have glasses and a gray mustache (laughs) <laughs> so all I did was pop that that uh, Star Wars head. I'll put that one on, put the cap back on it, and that's how I dress when I do these shows. I cosplay oh, wow. that outfit. So uh, they, it has one of those in there with it, and then I sprinkle a few extra pieces of uh, trans orange cheese slope, which I call lava jewels, by the way, <laughs> in there. To and it has a it's in a plastic gift box, transparent plastic gift box, and it has a piece of artwork in the back of it. That is actually a screenshot from uh, the the volcanic background uh, on on episode three. I waited till it got there and I'd pause it and I'd take screenshots in different places and saved them. And I said, I want this. And then I wanted to say, I survived Mustafar in the yellow, just like the yellow that's flowing down the side of the mountain. Although I don't <laughs> use yellow, I use orange. But that so that that's what I do. And for as long as as I'm physically capable to go do these shows, I'm going to do them. I have several scheduled this year with uh, with Brook Con- Brick Convention. Uh, I'm not going to take anything at all to uh, Brick World in Chicago because I'm flying, except I might take a suitcase full of those little mini bills in the boxes. I guess I should have one in my hand to show it to you. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't I haven't put them all in the boxes yet. I just the boxes had a thin film on the outside of these transparent boxes. You have to peel off 
I'm going to, they sent me these cloudy things. It's just no good. I wanted something. <laughs> then I discovered that you're supposed to peel this off. Uh, but so that's probably what I'll take is a little bit of clothes, that one outfit and uh, and a bunch of those things. And one of the vendors there would actually be the one selling them for me. Gotcha. Well, very cool. Um, well, it sounds like you got a lot uh, going on, which is very fun. I hope I keep on a lot longer. <laughs> we all do. We all do. We hope, we hope, uh, you know, the, the fun never ends. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's, it sounds like it was a great experience. You've got a lot kind of on your plate moving next. I guess one last question I just want to ask you about is if, you know, we've got another season coming up here for season four, you know, if you were the challenge designer, what, what challenge would you like to see the next batch of Lego Masters contestants do? Well, now that you put me on the spot because I don't have an instant what kind of challenge <laughs> it'd be, but uh, I like something that is completely fantasy, build a, build a fantasy scene that, that has multiple plots, okay, okay. That, that all come together in the end and let it be fantasy world. Imagine, imagine what the set decoration would be like for something like that. And yeah. no one would have any problem at all being colorful because That's you can do And I guess probably I say that because one of my builds when I'm not busy with Star Wars stuff is uh, it's called Otherworld, a possessed alternate universe. <laughs> and the, the trees that I built have lavender, dark purple, dark orange dark brown, dark green, and magenta branches. And the water that's, that's flowing down out of a waterfall through a stream into the town is purple. And I've got some fish that are lime green, but they glow in the dark that are jumping Ooh. up. They're monster <laughs> fish. You'd have to look that I don't have the part number, but I, when I saw those, I said, they're going in the build. It's got, a, it's got gargoyles possessed boutique. It's got a zombie hotel. It's got a blood bank and a deadly diner. Uh, four buildings in the town. And uh, so, yeah, I would like to see somebody else's interpretation of a complete fantasy. Uh, I never was around Lego when elves happened. and But some of the stuff that, that I see with elves, when I go back and look at it, even though some of them are smaller sets, I would like to see a great big giant resurgence of, of elves with more of a fantasy thing coming in there because I would I would be all on it. And then there could be a dark side of the story too. You know, there's sure. always good and evil. So, uh, but that's, that's my build. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. And, you know, you know, the show has aired at many different times. Obviously your season notoriously got moved to the fall. Um, but I wonder if they would ever do like a Halloween theme challenge. Cause you know, a lot of the colors you're talking about sort of remind me of Halloween. And I wonder if they would ever do a Halloween challenge, kind of like we got the Christmas holiday bricktacular, you know, I would at least love like a Halloween challenge. I think that would be a lot of fun. Obviously we got a Halloween build, you know, um, in the dinosaur challenge from uh, Nick and Stacy, but I think everyone doing like getting a classic, you know, Halloween monster or something like that could be a fun challenge. Yeah. It would be wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. That's a, that's a great one. You need to send that in. I think, <laughs> I think so to give old guys a chance and give everybody that didn't win a chance. Here is my here's my hope that they will have a reunion show, but it has a twist on the beginning of it. It's called Winners and Losers. These folks are being invited back. Okay. They're gonna draw straws to see whose team they're on. All the losers draw straws. So you can be <laughs> building with somebody you never built with before. And then the winners are there as coaches and you draw uh -huh. straws to see who gets to be your coach. So they're standing there coaching you, giving you ideas, giving you thoughts about techniques, because these people know vastly a whole lot more than us that did not make it. And, <laughs> and to me, that would be, for a reality show, 
that would be just absolutely crazy off the charts. I don't think it would ever get off the ground, but um, yeah, I mean, other shows have done it. Um, there was a coaches season of Big Brother where they had people come back to be coaches and Survivor. It reminds me of a great season they had called Survivor Second Chance. So it was yeah. everyone who had only played once and it was their second chance to play. So I, I think um, I like that that verbiage, second chance versus losers, because I don't like. Oh, yeah, well, I'm a loser. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, it's it's reality tv don't you know yeah that's true it might be spicier for the you know for the commercials it, it, it definitely bites so <laughs> uh, I, I don't know we'll take it off a, we'll take it off a wheel it said all you people are on the show are on here because this couple sent you home oh, <laughs> and that's like how you open up the holiday special yeah and, and uh I'm, I'm glad that uh throughout the deal that that mel got to win one of those three challenges Yes. Uh, oh my gosh. Very deservedly so. But uh, I guess some people, when they get sent home, have a difficulty with it for whatever reason is given them. There's always going to be that little twitch in the back of your mind. Sure. As big as the smile is on your face, you got that little twitch back there. And uh, so I, I was really happy for Mel because I've seen him at some shows and I've listened to him. And uh, he he is amazing. He builds big, giant, huge skyscrapers, which I'm not even going to attempt to do that. Mine would fall down. <laughs> uh, I'm so heavy handed. Uh, but that th th he got redemption. That made me happier than anything I saw on that whole show. Uh -huh. Okay. When Mel got, yeah. when Mel got to win. Other than everything was, was staged very well. The, the costuming, the set designs, Will, Amy and Jamie were great. Yeah. I know we were sitting in, I'll throw this out there. We're sitting in wardrobe. And so we changed into our clothes and I'm sitting in a chair downstairs waiting to go upstairs to get hair and makeup done. And here's a rack of clothes over here. And I'm going, well, they must be doing hair and makeup for some kids show. You know, I said, those clothes are pretty little. And I looked a little closer and there's tags hanging on all of them that said, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I mean, it was like, almost like a kid size 12 or 14. <laughs> going, Come on, man. That guy's not that little. Uh, or maybe everybody thinks Amy's taller than Shaxie is, and they do. It's, it's, she's not way tall, but what a great couple. What a great yes. couple. Oh, they my do. gosh, yeah. Well, we love Brickmaster Amy and Jamie. I always say anytime we get to see Jamie, especially in a costume, he's always adorable. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I love Brickmaster Jamie in a costume. And to your point about Mel, you know, Mel's a big friend of the podcast. He's been on a million times. So I, I was equally as excited to see that win for him. And listen, maybe we'll see that, that you know, Lego Masters second chance season and we'll get to see you on the show again. Um, but, you know, that brings us, unfortunately, to the end of the journey here. Oh, so. no, you may not have to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's more of like a, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that, that's a good one. That was a good one. Funnier than mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, just thank you so much, Patrick, for being just so generous with your stories and your time. You know, obviously, it's I know it's not the last we'll hear or see from you just from all the fun things you've got up you've got coming up next, but people are going to want to stay in touch with you and be able to keep track of all those great things you're doing. So where can people find you if they want to stay in touch with you after the show? Well, uh, they can find me on Facebook under Patrick Durham. They can find me on Instagram lego.jedi.master uh, either one of those two places and get in touch with me uh, that way well like I said just so excited to be able to see you in Brickworld Chicago and thank you so so much for joining us like this was such a blast and I just really really appreciate you making the time I'm here anytime you got, you got my email keep those calls and letters coming <laughs>
Well, thanks again. All right. Take care, Michael. It's always a lot of fun catching up with Patrick, and I love hearing all those fun behind-the-scenes stories. And like I've said in previous podcasts, I'm hoping to keep the deep dives going as long as I can. And let me know on social media if there's any other off-season content that you'd want to hear. So, of course, stay tuned and subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on anything. So if you want to follow along with the podcast, be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to it now. And if you're listening on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review as it really helps others find the podcast. If you want even more Lego content, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks, where I cover the Lego news for the week every Saturday. And you can follow the channel on all social media platforms with the username at Talk Bricks. And if you want to follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, it's Talk Bricks Masters. And on Twitter, it's TB Masters. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.